Okay, welcome to the Order of Chaos podcast. The Order of Chaos is a no-holds-barred discussion on the topics of metaphysics, spirituality, and the occult. And today my guest is Amber Chuchmatch. Amber is a Reiki healer and dimensional traveler. Amber uses Reiki and the Akashic Records to reconnect her clients with their truth by accessing past lives and alternate dimensions of the soul. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to do this. Um, The Akashic Records are one of my favorite topics. I mean... In the under the umbrella of the occult and, and metaphysics and spirituality, um, the Akashic Records are one of the first concepts that I latched onto and, and said, like, this is something I know to be true. I just mm. know it in my soul. That's so interesting. The, they were actually one of the more recent things for me, but something that has stuck, uh, something that I know that I was always doing, but wasn't aware of, of what it actually was that I was doing until probably this time last year. Yeah, totally. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I try to, right? I, 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 I'm able to connect with my guides and I do what they tell me and I, yeah. I listen to them, but I haven't, I'm very interested in dissecting the dynamics of how it all works. And I know that this is subjective person to person, mm-hmm. your interpretation of how it all works, but still I'm so fascinated by it. And um, the Akashic records to me seem, seem like a, it has to be true. It has, it has to be a real thing because there has to be something outside of time and space. Like right. um, the idea that the universe is, is one thing and it's not linear and there's uh, causation principles outside of time and space. Mm-hmm. And that if, if, you know, what physics is saying now is true, that the universe is basically made out of information, that all that information has to be contained within one place. And that's what I would call the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. That sound about right to you? That sounds about right. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I mean, in your own words, can you just tell us what the records are and how you how you work with them? Yeah, for sure. So, I like to kind of not, I guess, like dumb things down a little bit. Um, so, how I explain the Akashic Records is essentially it is just the the library of the, your soul, but the library of everything. So it is this dimension is how I would explain it, where we can travel, we're all connected to it. It's not just me that can access it. Um, all of us were born, it's almost like, as if we have like this thread connecting us to the, to this realm. Um, and how we can like go in further and explain it in, in this weird kind of dumbing it down uh, way uh, is... Uh, uh, using this example of iPhones or, or Apple products in general. So if we were all, if I was like uh, the newest Apple phone and you were a MacBook and whatever, the mm-hmm. iCloud is the Akashic Records. The cloud is, is the record. So it, that's all, you know, we, I don't know how, how that technology works. I'm sure you're aware of that with all my, my technology messages to you. Um, but yeah, it's just we're we're storing information in a place. And so, like you said, um, 
I believe that that, that, that is what the records are, is they, they are the truth. They're storing all this information that we can access um, that has been stored for since since the beginning, since since everything. Um, and in the records, uh, it's it's not it's not linear. It's it's very much everything kind of happening at once, um, which is cool because then we can understand and access what is affecting us from these other uh, maybe past lives or just parts of ourselves that we're maybe not consciously aware of, but are still affecting us currently, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And it, it also reminds me um, of the concept of quantum computing, which is a big deal right now. All these companies are, are um, competing to achieve quantum supremacy. And if you listen to, there's a great TED Talk. I think it's on TED Talks. Don't quote me on that. There's a great video. I'll link it in the description of this uh, episode of a guy who, in my opinion, sounds like this mad scientist talking about quantum computing as he, and using quantum computers to penetrate other dimensions and take information away from them. And I hear that, Mike, I can do that with my mind. <laughs> I don't need a quantum computer. That's a natural function of the human being. And we all do it, like when we're dreaming, even. Uh, but anybody can learn, in my opinion, and this is part of what I teach, that anybody can do this. Right? Yeah. By going inward, you can access that dimension that's outside of time and space and, mm -hmm. and bring information into it. And I've done this so many times. I still get freaked out by it occasionally. <laughs> uh, but when I meditate, you know, I'm receiving information that is obviously not from me. It's, it's the answers I need, not my speculations. Right. And so I got to ask kind of, where is that coming from? And uh, for me, I, I always feel like it's my spirit guides just sharing with me exactly what I need to know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely believe that all of the information, anything you could want to know, it's out there because it's all simultaneous. It's nonlinear. It's all happening at once. Your past lives are really like lateral lives yeah. happening at the same time. And you can pull information in from those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so can you kind of describe to me what your process is? Um, so my process, like in a, in a reading, um, in the Akashic records, uh, basically if you were to, we would, we would meet on zoom because hi 2020. Um, so we're meeting on zoom and then I'm walking you through a body scan meditation first. I like to do this to just make sure that we're both where we need to be. We're both grounded, but we're also both, um, me and the client, we're both kind of opening our channels, opening our pathways to receive. So it's not just me. Uh, there's lots of clients that I have that once we're in, in that state, in the records, uh, I'm obviously channeling, but they're still picking up on that information because we've kind of opened it up. Um, and so from there, that's, that's really all it is, is me channeling. So I sit here in this chair with my eyes closed and uh, I see, I feel, I hear, and I just do my best to, yeah, translate that almost. It's, it's, it truly is like speaking another language or learning another language, not that I know any others other than English, but I, yeah, that's what I'm speaking is energy. So I, I see hear and, and kind of feel these things. And I have to, that's my job is putting it into these like English words for, for everyone to understand and, and, and hopefully resonate with. Yeah. I definitely find that kind of our job, what, what you and I both do when we have clients is 
it's not that they can't do this. It's that it's really hard to explain. And we're facilitating what's explaining what's happening to them so that they can put it into linear terms. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like, I, I, I like to use the idea of, like I said, like learning another language. So if you didn't, if you weren't well-versed in say Italian and you went to Italy, you would probably either want to learn Italian or have some type of app on your phone or have a friend with you, right. That would be able to translate that. So yeah, like you said, it's not that they, the clients, anyone in this world, it's not that they can't access it. It's just that they haven't um, consciously practiced in this dimension, in this life um, to get there. Um, And, and I'm sure in your own experience, even talking to people, you, you can kind of pick up what they're like, they, they are receiving and they are um, connected and getting those messages. But often because of the way we are brought up in society, right. We kind of just like brush it off and think that it's like a coincidence or something just lucky or out of the blue. Right. Um, And I don't believe that at all. So I completely agree. One of the, one of the first things that I would teach anybody, if somebody comes to me to learn either magic or meditation or, or tarot or any of, any of it, one of the first things I would tell them is you have to get your mind around this one simple truth. There is no such thing as coincidence. It does not exist. It's, it's everything is connected. The butterfly effect is the only effect. Yeah. You know, uh, everything is connected. And when you can, when you can let go of that idea that, like you said, we're brought up with, that you're just lucky or there's just coincidence or, or, or that life is something that's happening to you rather than something you're unconsciously creating. Mm-hmm. You're under that mindset that the life is something that's happening to you. You, you brush everything off and you you're missing out on like half of reality. That's yeah. available to you Absolutely. Even as a regular everyday human being. And, and I know, cause I have a kid and I <laughs> see that he's so connected. Right. And I'm, it's, it's going to break my heart to watch him lose that connection as he gets older. But I think that's part of, like the necessary pathway through life and, and I'll be there to help him reconnect when it's the right time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just coming back home. And I mean, in this world, in this space that we live in, um, in my opinion, isn't very natural. It's, it's very almost like out of alignment, these kind of rules and regulations that we give each other as a society. Um, and even this idea of a, a teacher or a mentor, someone that you're like putting on a on a pedestal, even like your favorite celebrity, it's uh, when it comes down to it, it's so kind of like hurtful to you because it's we're we're really truly just all the same, 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 but different. Um, and so, whoever it is, whether it's uh, like I said, a celebrity, I don't know, Tony Robbins or something that you're trying to get to that level. Well, that level is already, um, it's already available. That frequency is already available. And that is just you needing to practice that. Um, obviously, I mean, we all have different paths. We're all here to learn different things. So no, you're not going to be the next Tony Robbins, I'm sure, or whoever, but um, y- you you can get to, you know, a different, um, what am I trying to say here? You can get to your own kind of 
creation of that, your own collage of what that is. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, I always say same, same, but different. So I would say it's, it's, you can match the frequency of anybody you admire. Um, you're not going to rep, you're not going to become them, but you right. can have your own expression of that same frequency. And that's what I think what guys like Tony Robbins are really teaching. They're just using more linear language. Right. They're, they're like, here's how you do what I do, or here's how you feel what I feel. For me, I mean, for me personally, everything pretty much comes down to hermetic philosophy. And the, the law of correspondence is, is a perfect example. As above, so below, as within, so without, right? Everything in your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. That's another concept that once you grasp, once you really get your mind wrapped around that, everything changes for you. You start to realize that the outer reality is a direct match to your inner frequency. Yeah. Every minute of every day. That's something that I come back to all the time. And it, it's still almost like a mind fuck. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Uh, Because yeah, you get in those modes because we are still human, no matter how long you've been doing whatever. Right. You have these moments where you're looking around and you're like, Oh, why is this like this? Why do these people around me do this? And then you have a moment of like clarity and you're like, oh man, that's actually me projecting things onto that or I'm being triggered by them. That's, that's my own thing to solve. That's actually has nothing to do with them. Um, Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in that sense, you could think of everybody in your life as a type of spirit guide. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody is a teacher because they're all a reflection of you. They're all a reflection of you. And I, I believe also that um, a lot of these relationships that we do have, we planned them. We had these contracts where whether it was some, you needed to be hurt, you needed to be loved, you needed to learn this, da, 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 da. All those people are there. So yeah, you, it's like having a list of things you have, like you gave yourself a curriculum and these these people in your life are like the subjects or the classes that help you learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so there's a thing that happens to everybody and I call it a boss fight. And it's when you meet somebody in your life, that's a direct reflection of everything you dislike about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it really makes you go, Oh, I can't stand this person, but then you got to think why. Right. And if, if you, I mean, hopefully people are along this path. And, and part of my goal in life is to help them along this path. Not everybody gets there. Some people just hate people, right? But I, I think when you, when you see somebody or meet somebody you really can't stand, you got to say, what is this person reflecting back to me that I can't stand about myself? And that's a uh, great place to start with shadow work. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot of like weird, not weird, but like just almost like OCD things. I just like things to be... I always say things in my house, like they need to have their own home. Like we can't just like have things everywhere. Um, And I live with my partner's family. So his uncles live downstairs in their own part of the house. And they're, we're very different that way. Um, And so I, I often find myself triggered and it's, yeah, it really truly has nothing to do with them. Although I would love, <laughs> I would love so much for it to be their problem. Right. Um, but it, it is, it just comes back to me. It's me needing to loosen those reins or, or me needing to, to switch that belief that things need to be 
X, Y, and Z in that moment because they don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you have to acknowledge your own, like, like honor your own preferences. I'm the same way. I like my, especially my bedroom um, to be like such a Zen place, but it's not all the time. (laughs) And this is part of having a child. Like it's, you know, toys everywhere. That's okay. It bugs me, but I have to take a deep breath and realize that it's just me and I have to let go of this and just have my own preferences and let the people around me be the people around me. That was hard for me. Um, I was a chef in my career for many years and chefs, I, I don't know if you know this, but we're control freaks. Oh yeah. I worked in restaurants for many years. Yeah. You know, and we need everything to be perfect all the time. So when I got out of that career, cause it was toxic and really bad for me, I did it for 20 years. Um, but when I stopped doing it, I had a lot of work to do on myself, like letting go of everything needing to be at a right angle, everything needing to be on a list. Everything has to be like, boom, 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 or it's wrong. Yeah. That's not good for your brain. You know, yeah. some people operate that way and are successful that way, but it's still, it's such a, a, a totally left-brained linear way of doing your life that it's, and it's so restrictive that it can mm-hmm. really damage you. Right. And I think it, 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 it doesn't leave very much room for like fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like example, working in a restaurant, there's so many specs and rules and regulations and it changes from restaurant to restaurant. And yeah, it's, it's, it can be so difficult. Um, and moving from that to where I am now is like completely different. And it's still something that I'm rewriting every single day is maybe you don't need to write a list of 17 things that you want to accomplish today because it's probably not going to happen and you're probably just going to overwhelm yourself. So maybe pick one thing and maybe just have fun with that and then see where your date takes you and, and flow through it. Um, I don't think that we've allowed ourselves a lot of time to, to just flow and be as human beings. Um, at least in this time and and space that we're living in. Uh, So I think it's, it's needed. And it's, it's really beautiful that I mean, especially in this time of 2020, I think that there's a lot more opportunity um, coming available for people to do that, or whether it's opportunity or they're they're just noticing themselves. um, Maybe I need to switch things up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that we are, I mean, I know this is, this is just a fact as a species, we are so predominantly left brained. We, we need everything to kind of be that way. And, and we want everything to be precise, but, but the universe isn't precise like that. It's constantly throwing curveballs at you. Right. And like it's you, constantly changing. It's constantly moving. Yeah, exactly. And we need to learn to go with the flow a little bit more or a lot more. I'm not sure where, I'm not really sure how I feel about that because I'm a big fan of Bashar. Do you know who that is? I don't think so. He's a channel. Um, And, you know, he's great. But one of the, one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was that letting go of control is letting go to the control that's already built into you. Well, wait, say that again. (laughs) So letting go of control, you need to control your life is really just surrendering to the control that's already built into you. Right. So the ability to go with the flow, it doesn't mean that your life's going to become a disaster if you let go of the need to control everything. It, you might be actually, and this is what I believe, 
re- like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, delegating that control to the to the your subconscious, which is actually the smarter part of you, but it's not the part you have conscious awareness and control of. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I kind of view that um, while you're speaking, I'm seeing like the this image of like a river. So like all this like masculine kind of like doing things um left brain energy feels very much like going upstream like you can still get where you need to go it's just going to be a lot more difficult less fun um or you could like sit on a floaty and float down the river and get where you need to go that way um and use more of that right brain uh i would rather be on the floaty (laughs) Yeah, me too. And it works better. I mean, having done this for the last few years that I've been really, so, you know, I've been practicing magic since I was a kid. So about 15. Um, But I didn't start to take spirituality and really seriously and see the connectedness of everything until just a few years ago. I had, I had a insane Kundalini awakening experience. My guide started talking to me. It was, it was bonkers when it first happened. And I've got, I've gotten accustomed to it since then, but I've found that when you engage your right brain more and let go of the left brain control, I mean, the the right brain is a quantum computer and your left brain is like a binary computer. Quantum computing is 10,000 times more powerful than binary computing, but it's, it's kind of like you were saying with the dimensions, it's everything all at once. You can't just decipher it. You have to just let it do its job. Yeah. You know, and that's every artist knows that because that's how art is created. It's not created by like rigidly saying this dot needs to be there. You just let it flow and let it happen. And that's the the more right brained um, approach to life. That's like a more Zen approach. Yeah, there's um, there's a, a book that was one of my first kind of. I guess books or it's actually kind of like a course this book it's called the artist's way by Julia Cameron I think but that's kind of what she's walking you through is also inner child work but um the the idea of coming back to your artist that every every person is an is an artist um and I mean in my life I've met so many people that say they're not creative or they're they're not good at art and 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 whatnot um and that's just not true. You, maybe you've not found your medium or maybe you've not practiced, um, but we're all able to create. We're all creators. And, um, and yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are just afraid to engage that part of themselves um, for fear of, of ridicule or that. I know I have a lot of friends um, who are afraid just in general, kind of afraid of life. I mean, I'm not saying this to be insulting towards them. I just, it's just something I notice about people is that they're afraid to really let go and just be who they are. And, you know, but it, it's so liberating to do that and, and to create, even though, you know, if maybe your first artistic project isn't going to work out exactly the way you want. Like I have on my wall over here, I, I did a Bob Ross painting. It looks terrible, but I mean, I did it. And, it, you know, you start somewhere, you just let it go and see what happens. Yeah, you were saying that so many people are kind of just afraid of life. And I think that that is really like congruent to just not being vulnerable. So many people are scared to be themselves because like truth be told, we were not told or taught to be ourselves. I surely wasn't when I went to like a Catholic grade school or high school. I was taught to 
fit in. I was taught to like be in that, in a line and, and not move. Right. Uh, we weren't taught to just have our arms out and dance around in a field and, and do whatever floats our boat kind of thing. Um, and so to do that and never have done it. Yeah. It's like, that's super vulnerable. And, and that, that vulnerability in itself is one of the, I think most difficult things for human beings. Um, I mean, I think Brene Brown has the science to prove it. Um, I don't, but um, I think that perhaps also like in this time where we're all forced to go inwards um, and get vulnerable with ourselves, perhaps people haven't been vulnerable with themselves first and, and then Hopefully, maybe that will kind of like bud out and branch out so that they can, everyone can start being more vulnerable with each other, with their community and and with our like world at large. Um, Because yeah, even something like this, recording a podcast, it is nerve wracking, but at the end of the day, you do it and it doesn't matter. Uh, it like not to say that it doesn't matter. It's, it, it does matter. It, it's, it's important that we do these things, but we do them. And it's like, yeah, you rip off the bandaid and you're like, that was nothing. I don't know why I worked myself up about it for so long kind of thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully more people will get on that train, well, <laughs> but I agree. There's so many people that are just frightened to, to live. Um, and it's like, they're, not truly living they're like alive but they're not living which is upsetting to me it is to me too and especially because well for me personally i had a i had a hard time and i'm not going to compare myself to anybody else but um had a hard time and and i was very locked up as a person and i was uh taking antidepressants and and adderall and you know, a sleep aid, I think too, for, for many, many years. And I was miserable and everything made me miserable and life just seemed like a miserable place. Right. And when I um, found my way out of that, as I think many people do through spirituality, the first thing they want to do is share it with other people and say, Hey, like, you don't have to feel this way. There's a way out of this that does not involve drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and doesn't involve necessarily even going to a psychiatrist or even to a therapist. I'm not a doctor. People don't, you know, don't have to take this as like medical advice, but I often tell people, number one, you don't need medication. You need meditation. And number two, fire your therapist and hire a tarot reader. It's way cheaper and more accurate. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and so I feel like what people like you and I are doing in a large way, like we're, we're involved in mysticism, which is cool and it's fun, but we're, really what we're involved in is mental health. Uh, I, I completely agree. Um, I've had so many people around me uh, that, that aren't close to me anymore because we've, we've drifted apart from situations like this. Um, when I was in high school, I had a friend who went, uh, I don't even know what hospital it was. It was some hospital here in Ontario Um, but she was in this like psych ward and I went to like visit her and it was crazy. Um, but like 
And then, so there was that. And then I've had uh, a friend who was, it's almost as if like her family didn't know what to do with her and she was upset and depressed. Um, And instead of like giving her these resources to be like, Hey man, like, I understand that you're depressed and I don't, I don't really know what's going on in your brain, but I like, I, I, I personally feel like we all have these feelings once in a while, they'll, they'll bubble up once in a while, but it's like, you, what do you do with that? That's what, that's what matters. So if you're, if that feeling bubbles up and you don't do anything about it and you're kind of sitting there waiting for someone to give you the answer, that's not going to be that it's not going to help as much it's like that that whole saying of like um you give a man a fish eats for a night and you or you teach him how to fish eats for his life type of thing right so yeah i've had i've had uh friends go through lots of different scenarios and and my and my mom even um and and yeah i think it's just really important for people to understand again i'm also not a doctor and i've not ever taken medication because personally i i've seen other people on medication and them go the kind of opposite way so i've been it's kind of like put me off i've been frightened um but there's been times i understand that it, it can be helpful but that's something that I, I mean, there's also lots of people that you, you get on something like a medic, a medication, and then you, um, you don't find something else to support you. And that's not going to just be the only, like taking that one thing, is not going to change your entire life the same way that, you know, just doing meditation, it will help you, but there's so many different aspects that you need to kind of put this puzzle piece back, this this whole puzzle back together. That is just one part of the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the term that you'll see all over um, when you start getting into spirituality and occultism is know thyself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about. You can't know yourself if you're unaware of your chakras. You can't know yourself if you completely ignore your right brain and your subconscious. If you um, shut yourself off to the non-physical aspects of yourself, then you can't know yourself. And when you do learn these things, regardless of which language you choose, right? Um, and and I, I, in my opinion, every religion or particular spiritual path is just a language for interacting with the one underlying metaphysical truth. Okay, yeah. Which almost could be just you could almost call that the Akashic records themselves, like the the underlying reality from which physical reality manifests, right? If you block yourself off to all of that, then you can't know yourself. And that will cause so much mental illness and so much disease in your body because you're, you're blocked off to all of it. And, but it's part of you. Um, something I noticed while on medications now in retrospect, I, I would notice this is that the medications I were on would lock me into my lower chakras. Like you're just stuck there and you become comfortable with it but you can never move out of them and experience anything else. You just like locked into that box. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. I've never heard someone explain it that way, um, but it makes sense because that's the first, that's the, that's the first step, right? Is like security and safety. So that's what that is giving you. But yeah, there's, 
a bunch more steps. There's a bunch more chakras. There's a bunch more messages and types of medicine for you to give yourself and, and, and to learn from. Yeah. Just doing the one is not, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to shame anybody who's on medication. I took medication for many years and it did help me at, at, for a time um, but it, but, and you know, and you hear this from so many people is that like, after a while, the medication turns on you and it starts right. doing the opposite of what it was supposed to do. And that definitely happened to me. And I kept taking them for like five more years after that, just being increasingly miserable. But as soon as I started to really study this stuff, um, and when I say this stuff, I'm talking about what I call the esoteric toolkit. And what that is for me in my practice is numerology, astrology, the hermetic principles, uh, chaos magic, and um, witchcraft in general, I would call it, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the realizing that you have a connection to the universe and that it's listening to you and that you're listening to it and then to facilitate that conversation yeah. and to organize yourself a bit. You know, if you, when you learn your astrological chart, you're learning how your psyche is organized. Right. When you learn about your chakras, you're learning about how your physical body is organized. Mm-hmm. And then you have the information and you can start to say, oh, okay, I start to see what's up with me. I understand why I have these particular um, proclivities, uh, for example, or why I, um, the way I would put it, because I believe that you kind of planned out your whole life before you're born. Mm-hmm. And so when you learn your astrology and your numerology in particular, it's like you're looking at your plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your blueprint. Yeah. And that can, that just, it's relieving. Just having that information has this tremendous relieving effect on you. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. I planned this all out. It all fits together. I can start to see, maybe I'm not just a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, maybe I set myself up for this particular path. Maybe these are the challenges and and maybe like, I I like to tell my clients um, that this is like a video game. Okay. (laughs) And, and your astrology and your numerology is a way of kind of like looking at the character that you built to play the game with. And Mm -hmm. this body is your avatar and it's playing the game. So when you're playing a video game, you don't sit around and like do nothing in your game. You go fight the dragon. Right. And it's hard and it's scary, but that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, I feel like we often, I was thinking about this even today because sometimes when I look at my, at my chart, I'll notice different aspects. I'm not fluent in astrology, but how I learn is I kind of get just like messages from my guide saying, Hey, look over here. And then it correlates to what's going on in my life that day or that time. And um, yeah, when I get into it, there's been multiple times where I'm like, why would I sign myself up for that? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. That's so rude of myself. <laughs> right? Like Leo, Chiron and Leo, come on. Why? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we forget that that's like, yeah, just another part of the puzzle. And it's like, uh, I heard what like years ago and I've, it's always kind of been in the back of my head, this idea that your natal chart, your astrology chart, all those houses, all those 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 pie slices, um, because some of us have 
those houses that they they don't have any um planets or aspects whatever hopefully no one's like what she's saying about astrology she doesn't no, you, you got it. um but yeah if you don't have anything in that that slice that house that that puzzle piece um she was explaining that that's because you've already done that. Like you don't need to learn that. Um, so we're focusing on this, uh, which is really interesting, I think, to kind of put that into that perspective. But uh, yeah, I think that that is something that we forget. It's like we didn't just come here to party. It's like, it is a party, but like you came here to advance to the next level. So if you are using that example of the video game, it's like, yeah, you started on, maybe you came here and you were on level three, but like you want to advance to level four. So you have to get over those hurdles. And when we, when we're looking at the hurdle, like when we're looking at the obstacle and approaching it, it's, it's often like so frightening and scary, but then we get over it and we, and we turn around and look at all those other times that we overcame those obstacles. <laughs> like, remember when that was scary and now it's just a funny joke. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> this took some time for me to learn, but once I embraced it, it really changed my life. Um, you know, our joy, a tremendous amount of joy for every human being comes from defeating these obstacles. It doesn't come from just having an easy life. That's no. really boring and can drive you crazy. Um, but when you, when you set your goals or when you look at the obstacles ahead of you and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then once you've made that decision, it's over, you're going to do it. Right. Like, yeah. I really believe that. Like you might fail. I've failed at everything I've ever tried to do at least once. That's part of the game. Okay. That's how it works. Get used to it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta fall and get back up. Yeah, exactly. But that feels amazing when you start doing it and you don't look at things with fear anymore. You're just like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go for it. And maybe I'll start off by doing it poorly, but I'll get good at it. And if this is what I want to do, that feels so good. And it creates so much joy in you, you know, and yeah. that's, that's how you generate your own joy. And that's kind of the part of the alchemical process is learning that joy doesn't come from outside circumstances. It comes from within you. Yeah. You know, it's not about, this is another Bashar saying, it's not about what happens. It's about what you do with what happens. Right. You know, that, that makes all the difference in your life. Yeah, totally. So, okay. I want to kind of jump subjects here real quick because you do a lot of work with past lives and that is something I'm really interested in. Um, so tell me, tell me about your past life work. Um, yeah. So I don't, it's it's kind of just like always being a part of me. It's just one of these things that I, I guess, brought over into this life. I've always been curious. Like I can't remember a time of my life where I wasn't curious about past lives. Um, I do remember there, there was, I was probably six and I remember like having this conscious thought of, Oh, I'm here again. And like, it's almost as if I like plopped into this like physical body. So I've always been interested in things. And I don't think it was, it, I don't think it was really truly until um, I had a good friend, my first boyfriend, actually, my first love, he passed away. And it was, it was really difficult for me. I mean, death and grief is, is difficult to navigate all the time. Um, but 
in this circumstance, it felt so much more different than anything I had experienced prior. And I had been to a lot of funerals. So looking into that, um, I realized that this is someone that I have spent so much time with in these various lives that that is why when he passed away, it literally felt like a part of me was like passing away also. Um, it physically hurt. And yeah, through there, that's kind of how that started. And then um, it wasn't like an Oracle deck. Uh, honestly, I think it was like by Jereen Virtue, um, which I don't really support anymore, but that's cool. Um, so she had like this Oracle deck and it was just, it was past lives. So the this idea of like, there was um, maybe Atlantis, a farm, um, a witch, a priest, what have you. And I was just playing with that. And that was, um, that was kind of how things started is just re-remembering. And the truth is, is like, we often have um, these desires to maybe visit places, or I think you had mentioned the other day, you um, have always been interested in like one specific culture. Well, that's probably not a coincidence, right? Because we know that coincidences don't exist. Mm -hmm. um, so the truth of the matter is, is you're attracted to that because that's familiar to you. Um, that's how it so, feels to me. Absolutely. So recognizing that, so that that's really truly how that started. I haven't like done, I, I didn't attend a course or anything like that. Um, it was just me re-remembering um so even going to uh i remember going to um i went to have a a reading it was like a um like a fair kind of situation so there's different kind of booths so i had this reading with this woman it was a tea leaf reader and she's talking to me and then afterwards she's like you need to go to this other booth and meet this dude who had these like beautiful um, like wood burned runes. Um, she's like, you need to go there because that will be familiar to you. And it was. So, yeah, I think that's really the first place where like, if, if anyone is interested in past lives, and I know that there's so many people in it who are interested, but it, it feels so kind of like foreign to them. Um, yeah, just start like, what are the things that you are attracted to that does that it doesn't there's no logical really reason or where are the places that you've wanted to travel to so yeah if, if you're navigating through life and you're finding yourself attracted to certain places or things or even people right they so many people I've met in this life and it's like you can just look at them maybe you've not even met them and you're like why do they seem so familiar? Well, they, you, you probably walked along with them at some point. So, um, yeah, what I was saying is about my, my, my trips and, uh, one of my first kind of inclinations, my desire was to go to Italy when I was younger and I didn't really know why. My family's not Italian. I had like some friends that were Italian when I was younger, but it, I just truly, really, really, really wanted to go to Italy. 
So when I was in high school, there was an opportunity to go with my, my school and I went and yeah, as soon as I got there, I was like, mm, I've been here before. So when you get those feelings, you're like trust them, like trust yourself. And that's, that's what any, any of this work, right. That we, we do uh, through what channeling or anything, right. It's like the, the first stop is trusting yourself. Um, so that's kind of how I've learned about my past lives and other past lives. And then I've kind of implemented that into the Akashic records is one of my favorite ways to work with that. Um, so yeah, we can go into the Akashic records and, and see kind of, you know, we all have these kind of traits that perhaps we brought over or habits that we brought over from past lives and not all of them are beneficial right so we 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 sometimes ask ourselves like why do I do that why did I why do I say those things about myself or or things like that those are some of the questions that I ask myself at least and when we go into the Akashic Records we can often find those reasons um yeah because it's like similar to you know this idea of um like programming your consciousness it's that's all it is it's like you you had all these memories you have all these memories and you were plopped into this family who didn't who doesn't know these memories and so they were never talked about how could you remember something that was like you know you weren't you weren't taught to remember um, but yeah, it's, it's truly just, I, I feel trusting yourself, um, and, and yeah, na- navigating like even those synchronicities of, of things in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, <clears throat> that's kind of where I'm stuck and let me I'll get your perspective on this because one of my fears, and this is why I haven't done any real past life work, but I feel like I need to, is that I don't want to like aggrandize myself through, you know, this is what my past life was, or, or this is, you know, what's going on. Or I, humility is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not one of those people who says that the ego is something bad. I think the ego is a part of you and no part of you is inherently bad. It's something you need to master. But I also know that as a double Leo, my ego can just like, like real fast, it can get real big, real fast. And it's happened plenty of times before in my life. Um, But my my birthday is August the 8th, which is the, uh, the day of the Lionsgate portal, which is the day that the star Sirius aligns with the great pyramid. And I didn't find that out till I was 34 years old, but I had been obsessed with ancient Egypt my entire life. Um, When I was a little kid, I would doodle pyramids with no idea why I was just obsessed with drawing pyramids. And when I did start working with my spirit guides, the first one to present himself to me was Thoth. And I've worked very closely with Thoth ever since. Um, and, and everything, I mean, uh, I don't have a religion per se, but if I did, it would be Hermeticism, which is right. the, the teachings of Thoth Hermes. <clears throat> and all of that just came at me so hard and so fast. I don't want to get locked up in the idea of like, oh, I was somebody special in a past life and then have that be this ego inflating thing. So I'm, I've been scared to go there, I guess. Right. I, t- I get that. And I get that, but you have to re- like that. I feel like for the most part of that, maybe not your ego, but that's like your human talking. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say like, uh, I mean, if you're double Leo, 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can look further into your even astrology chart. Um, but often we're not like repeating what we already did, right? So if you're double Leo now, you probably haven't had that um, that grand, like confident, um, big regal energy uh, many times throughout the past because this is something that you're learning now. So, I mean, there's, there's many different jobs um, what am I saying? Not jobs, I guess jobs. There's different jobs that, um, different positions Mm -hmm. in ancient Egypt, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe thinking about that, like what part of the pyramid really speaks to you? Do you like, are you, are you, do you find it's easy to build things um, that you've like not built before. It just kind of makes sense in your brain. Perhaps you were the one that was like organizing that. Um, but there's lots of, you know, there's so, so many different avenues. Um, so if you're wanting to explore that more, I mean, you could even access that through your own channeling or meditation. Um, I, I often like to ask questions like this in like a walking meditation. So I kind of ask a question and then walk and then I get the answer at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is that helpful? Like, I feel like, like if, if those are the things, especially as a child, because as a child, we're just so pure. If that was what you were inspired by as a child, like that was comfortable to you. That's what you knew. And like, I'm the same way. When I was a child, I was all up in Sabrina the Teenage Witch and um, and Matilda and things like that, right? So yeah, when we go back to our inner child even is a really helpful tool to not only know about us, but to know about our past lives because it was such a pure version of ourselves before more of this conditioning um, affected us. Yeah, totally. Um, What I resonate with most about ancient Egypt is, I guess, just the mystery of it and the idea of the mysteries in general and the pyramid being an initiation chamber into the mysteries, uh, which is what it says in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, uh, that the pyramids are an initiation chamber. And and I've been, you know, I've been obsessed with these ideas of alternate dimensions and, and, and spirits and ghosts, and magic and everything esoteric, as long as I can remember. It was my first obsession. I'm 37 years old. It's still my obsession. So something is drawing me to the Atlantean and Egyptian um, mysteries. And I have such a strong pull to it that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't sever it if I wanted to. It's just who I am. Yeah, it's really cool that you mentioned both Atlantis and Egypt because in my work, I'm finding that they are very much intertwined. Oh, yeah. Um, if you were in Atlantis, you were in Egypt. And if you're in Egypt, you're in Atlantis um, to the point where I feel like they're like not the, not the same, but um, there's definitely... Yeah, it's almost like this the same type of idea. There's lots of people right now who uh, were celestial galactic beings that are here right now to help amplify all this, this kind of trauma that we're going through. 
Um, so if there were so many of us that made like that kind of pact to kind of venture back here to, together on a, on a different planet and work together. Um, I think that's kind of the same thing that we did between Egypt and, um, and Atlantis. Um, they, they, they worked kind of hand in hand. Yep, absolutely. And that resonates with me so much. And that's exactly what you just said is one of the things that I'm sort of uncomfortable with, and I'm not sure why. I don't, I feel like I'm here on a mission and I know what it is, but I, I shy away from that, like thinking I'm special type. Just, I don't know, something about it just doesn't feel right to me. Um, but I, but I also really resonate with it. Like I'm, I'm here to do something very specific. It's to talk about spirituality and it's to help people. And my modality of helping people is through the hermetic principles and through tarot. Mm-hmm. I do other stuff. But with clients, that's what I do very specifically. I do tarot readings and I teach the hermetic principles because that's what I'm best at. Right. And I feel that that's how I can be the most helpful to people. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely resonate with what you're saying about uh, kind of being a galactic being here to do something specific. It feels very correct to me. Um, and back to Atlantis and Egypt, what it says in the Emerald Tablets, and what I believe, is that all of the pyramid-building cultures that we are aware of in the world today are colonies of Atlantis. They're where the when when Atlantis sunk, the survivors spread out across the world and tried and started rebuilding their culture, and that's why we have popping up all over the world at the same time these incredible pyramid-building societies. Mm, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. And um, part of, for me, part of how this was activated in me is when I was, I can't remember, eight or 10, my dad took me to Teotihuacan, Mexico. And we climbed up to the top of the Pyramid of the Sun and we sat there for a while, just hung out, you know, and that was such a profound experience for me because it was, I, I didn't know why I was a little kid, but I could just feel the energy like this place is special. This place is, is, it has an energy to it that's indescribable. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to have that experience again someday in Egypt and then go to the, uh, the Great Pyramids and just spend time there. I, yeah, that that's energy. so wonderful. I, I dream of the same thing. Um, but what you, I think, should remember is you have the opportunity to, you know, travel there in other ways. Um, and I think that's like another lesson of 2020. So many people are trapped in feeling trapped, not necessarily trapped, but feeling trapped because they can't travel because we've been so privileged to be able to just hop on a plane and, and go wherever the heck we want that now that's not accessible, but there's so many people that maybe we're doing that. And now there's like this kind of grand awakening if you want to call it that, this higher frequency, um, we're raising the energy and, and, and yeah, I think that that is totally connected to that. Yeah. I, um, I cannot consciously astral project yet, but it's something I really want to learn to do. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that my diet is blocking me from doing it <laughs> and I'm working on that. Cause you can't, you can't be like, you know, chugging back McDonald's and expect to have an out-of-body experience. It's just, it's going to lock you up. Right. And so I mean, 
Sometimes it, I mean, sometimes you're better just where you are. <laughs> I used to astral project and not know. I, like that, I didn't know I was astral projecting. Um, and I had a, a session with uh, a woman years ago and she kind of just explained to me like, uh, hey, you, it seems like very often you like wake up from like a dream, but you hear like a, a loud snap or bang. And I'm like, yeah. I do actually. And she's like, okay. And, um, when you're driving, it seems like you're driving and then you get to your destination and you don't remember your drive. And I'm like every day. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, so you're leaving your body and, and you need to stop doing that a little bit because that, that, um, I was, like I said, I was hearing a bang in my sleep and that bang, what she was describing to me was almost as if you picture like an umbilical cord to your soul, to your body. I was snapping that. Like I was going so far, I was going as far as I could go and snapping it. It would snap you back and you'd hear yeah. that. Wow. And then so that's how I woke up. The closest I've ever gotten to conscious astral projecting, I, I actually saw the silver cord. Mm. I could see it in front of me and I got freaked out and came right back. That's, oh that's as close as I've ever gotten. You'll get there. Uh, yeah. 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 I will. I'm sure someday it's, but you know, all of this stuff, it's funny because as, as, as into it as I am, it still freaks me out. Like when my spirit guides talk to me and it's like a microphone in my ear, a, a loudspeaker in my ear, I'm like, what? You know, it still freaks me out, even though it happens all the time. Mm. I'm just getting more and more used to it as time goes on. But the, they're, my guides are like, like I said, uh, in, in uh, when we were getting ready to do this, I feel like they almost bullied me into doing this podcast right. <laughs> because it was something I was really uncomfortable doing, but they're, they're very pushy. And certainly the more that I listen to them, the better my life gets. Uh, yeah. And I have total faith because I've, I've seen it over and over and over again. They're not going to lead me astray, but it's a freaky experience to really get in touch with your guides and start listening to this um, other you I guess you could say it is because your guides are a part of you, but they're also archetypes of consciousness that exist independently of you. It's right. kind of both at the same time. And when you get in touch with that, it can, it's definitely a scary experience. Um, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's, uh, I mean, I haven't felt that frightened because I feel like me growing up, I was just alone a lot of the time. So this is like, I was doing this just, unconsciously I would like in my my human wasn't aware of what I was doing it um but then when I know when I actually knew what was happening was yeah back when we we zoom back to that that um my first love passing away like I told you earlier I was working in a restaurant I was working in a bar um and I was on the the day shift so it was just me I was the bartender and there's not really like we hadn't opened for lunch or anything yet. So there's no one in the restaurant. There's just the everyone in the kitchen. And it's like an open concept restaurant. So I'm behind the bar and I hear someone calling my name. And so I run into the back. Um, but they were calling me by like my my nickname in my hometown, which is Chooch. So it's like my last name just shortened. And I'm like, yeah, I come in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, what do you need, guys? And they're like, what are you talking about, Amber? And I'm like, no, one of you called me. Who was it? And what do you need? And they're all looking at me like I have 10 heads. And they're like, yeah, none of us called your name. 
um, go do whatever you were doing. Um, and that's kind of when I was like, oh, this is happening. But I had asked for that. Like they had passed away and I, I wanted that. I wanted to be able to still connect um, and, and, and receive just in a different way, which is really all that's happening when someone passes away you're just learning to communicate in not a physical way yeah definitely and um i definitely find that the tragedy of death and i'm sorry for your loss by the way but um the tragedy of death often opens that door for people yeah Uh, i lost my dad when i was 12 and that's about the time that I started to really dive into this stuff. I was a 15 when I bought my first book on metaphysics, but I was having experiences um, much earlier than that. And, and definitely, you know, the, the tragedy of death, uh, a loved one really, especially at a young age, um, opens that door in your mind and, and helps facilitate this process. Yeah. Well, it's uh, what I've said multiple times too is, although we love these people so much in this physical realm, more often than none, like they're more useful to us on that other side or on that other plane. Um, so they're guiding you and helping you the same way that your, your spirit guides or perhaps they, they have become kind of like a spirit guide, right? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. They're, they're, they're helping you over there. So that's kind of why that enhances, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And with my dad, you know, he, he um, introduced me not in a direct way to the mysteries, but he was just, my dad was an Aquarius and, you know, he, like I said, he took me to the pyramids in, in Mexico because he thought it would be cool. Uh, and we had all kinds of, you know, weird stuff in our house and it always smelled like incense. And just through his energy, he introduced me to these ideas that like reality isn't really what it seems our favorite show to watch was the X-Files. Like we loved that show when I was a kid we watched it every Friday night when it was on. And, uh, you know, he raised us to believe my brother and I, you know, believe in the Loch Ness monster and Bigfoot and UFOs and all of it, because why not? Right. Like, like life is more fun when you are open to the mysteries. That's not to say that I believe in the Loch Ness monster today, but, but you know, you you don't, you don't close yourself off to to the mysteries of life and and then you start to explore what it really is and so i'm really grateful to him for that but you know but then um he passed away like i said when i was 12 and um i think if he hadn't maybe i never would have gotten involved in all this stuff yeah for sure i know that if if things didn't happen the way that i mean i'm sure things would have happened anyways in in a different way um but yeah my life would be very different uh, had those situations not occurred very yeah. different. Yeah. And, you know, and through exploring this stuff, I've come to realize that like, no one's ever really gone. You can, you can access anybody. Um, yeah. And, and also that, you know, death is life implies death. There's no way out of it, you know, but it's not the end of anything. It's, it's um, the beginning of something new. And in this, I don't mean to be morbid and I don't mean this in a morbid way and I'm not suicidal, but at this point in my life, I'm kind of like, death is going to be cool. It's going to be a trip. (laughs) I've honestly always had that uh, perspective and I think it, yeah, it creeps people out a lot. Like 
I've always kind of, I've always wondered and I've always like, yeah, been like excited almost like, yeah, not that I want to like, I'm not planning on dying today or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's just a chapter. We're just closing a chapter and opening another one. And, and when we have this like idea again of like this blueprint or, or thinking about our natal chart and we're okay. What we we're done these clues. We get to get a whole new uh, like batch of clues. We're on a whole new mystery. So that, that seems exciting to me, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a common perspective. I don't think. No, but it, it is common among people who have had mystical experiences, because I think that once you drop the fear of death, you just kind of embrace the idea that this is just another experience. Right. Yeah. Um, and I totally get being afraid of death. And I, I am, that's not to say I'm totally unafraid. Sometimes I think like, wow, I really want to be here for my son as he, as he grows up. Right. That's important to me, but we don't have a tremendous amount of control over it. Um, and it's better not to be afraid. How, what, when you access the records, are you, um, or when you're working with a client, do you go specifically to a certain spirit or to um, an archetype or what, what does that look like for you? Um, honestly, for the most part, I, so what I call them is like the record keepers. Um, and so it's almost like they're just like librarians Yeah. <laughs> and I don't see them. I don't like necessarily hear them, but I just, it's like, they are the, 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 audio or video person and they're the one playing the film that they're showing me or or letting me hear um so i would say the record keepers and other than that um just my highest self is is truly all but when i'm opening or yeah when i'm opening and when i'm closing i'll often refer to um our guides angels ancestors loved ones who have passed on to the other side, anyone and every one of the highest realms of the highest love and compassion um, to gather with us and help us through that. Um, so it's, it's a team. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really single anyone out. Um, that's never really been my thing. That's actually something uh, that one of my spirit guides shared with me is that we're all a part of a team. You're part of a soul group. That either, yeah. and some of you may be incarnated at one time, and some of you are not incarnated, but you're part of this team, and you're, you're here to work together to to do whatever it is you're here to do. Yeah. What is the most shocking information you've ever pulled out of the records? Uh, I I've had just really strange experiences with clients, so I I typically find it's easier for me to read other people's records than my own, although I can, and it's definitely important that I do. Um, yeah, I, I've, I think, I mean, I, there, I surprise myself all the time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, because I, my job is to not hold back. My job is to say whatever I'm, I'm thinking or feeling or hearing in that moment. And sometimes it's often, it sounds fucking bizarre and like doesn't make any sense but it always seems to resonate for whoever I'm reading for in that time um but I think the probably the strangest the strangest thing that I probably pulled out was um there was at the beginning of the year I had a client 
and I didn't know where she was from or anything like that. I just knew that she was from the States. And what I was like being shown was uh, like this colony underground, but, but what they explained to me was after it was basically an extension of like the underground railroad. But through this, what they were showing me is in present day in her community. And so she's living in a Southern state in, in America. And so she show, so what they're showing me is through the grass, it's almost like um, if you were to watch like maybe Goosebumps or something, and if you were to picture like, um, I don't know how to really truly describe it. It's like, I see it as like almost like a green smoke. Like it's almost like just like poison coming up from the earth is what they're showing me. So that all happened. And then like maybe a month later is when we had like a bunch of like BLM blow up. Um, so I feel, I think that was kind of interesting because I was literally seeing the energy come from the ground up. Um, but another one was probably, uh, I have one of my dear clients. Uh, she has, she had a, a situation prior to me knowing her. I had no idea, um, but she was in basically critical condition. And I'm not sure what the, I don't remember the whole story, but basically there was a situation in which she couldn't see. So I was taken to that moment and me trying to describe to her what was happening. Um, and then her telling me everything after, um, but I think that is probably like the, the craziest is just like going to those places or yeah, being taken to like World War II and like having people like come in your house and, and, and force you out. Um, I've been in situations like that in the records also. Um, so I wouldn't say like anything necessarily like crazy has come up also to, I'm, I'm just at the point where I'm like, it's all normal. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that does sound pretty crazy, but you, when you get accustomed to it, it, you know, um, I've, I've done several tarot readings that were shocking, but you, you just get accustomed to it. You start to realize you, you put your faith in the cards and you realize that they're always right. Uh, I've yet to do an incorrect reading. And I'm not trying to be braggy about that. It's just that you, you realize that this works, this thing that you're doing works and you can put your faith into it. And so the experiences, I guess, become less shocking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah but even, even with something like tarot, it's like every single time that I go to do these things as, as normal and as uh, practice as I am in all of them now, it's still, there's still like that, that one part of me where I'm like, does this make sense? Do they understand? Does this resonate? Does like, uh, like, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yes. and, and same, same as you, like, I've never had that situation. I've never had a reading that was, that was bad or knock on wood. No one's right. told, <laughs> no one's told me, everyone's told me great things. So, um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a reading just last week for a good friend and I was worried because she's going through a hard time. Just like everything's falling apart and, and life is hard because it's 2020. But the reading I did for her was like new beginnings, happy reunions, everything's going to be great. And I almost felt like, man, did I just pull out of the cards what she wants to hear or what I wanted for her? And right. so I spent the whole week feeling like, 
maybe I should redo the reading. And this is the first time I've ever felt that way. Then I found out she's pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> a week later, she found out. I'm like, yeah, new beginnings. Yep. Yeah, okay. And and the, yeah. there was a reunion involved. And um, yeah, it's like, okay. It's, yeah, it's nice even as like a, as a reader or facilitating those practices, getting that reassurance, right? Yeah. I've had this, like similar experiences where you, you end the reading and, and everyone's like, yeah, good. And, but then kind of like days or weeks later, they're like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. Yeah. And you're like, thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> often goodness. how it goes. You know, it may not yeah. resonate at that exact moment in time, but it's coming like a freight train. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're walking into that. Um, yeah. That, that's the, those are the next notes that you need for the, that next leg of the journey. Yeah. And I, and oftentimes I find that, well, usually with a client, I'm able to answer their questions, you know, pretty accurately, but sometimes you get, you know, what I call urgent messages from their spirit guides that are like, you know, whatever you ask is not important. Here's what you actually need to know. Right. (laughs) You know, and that happens to me when I do my own personal readings all the time to the point where I've stopped really asking specific questions. And I really, when I do my own readings, I do them almost every day, depending on how much I have to process. It, it's almost, I always just ask, what do I need to know today? Like what's going yeah. on? What What's up? Give me a heads up. Yeah, I totally agree. That's kind of how I feel, especially in the Akashic records, but with everything, right? Like when I go in there and I'm asking a question, they're like, no, Amber, not today. Uh, and then they give me something else. Uh, so I think that's why I, I, I generally uh, prefer to do other people um, because it doesn't, I don't know, you don't have that attachment to it. Yeah, totally. um, do, do, do you know what I mean? Like you, as, as much as I, I, I don't have an answer in my mind or a hope in my mind, like I want that thing answered. I want that thing answered. And, and perhaps there's not even an answer to it at that time. Um, or I'm just like, I, sometimes I find myself like asking questions that like, yeah, yeah, I truly don't like, it's like, I'm asking questions just to ask questions. And like, I don't really need to know that right now. Yeah. And your spirit guides, or at least for me, my spirit guides, um, I feel like the more you attach to them and, um, develop your relationship, the less they hold your hand. Right. So they want you as a reader to level up. They want me to level up for clients who maybe aren't as advanced along the path as you and I are. um, You know, they might be more apt to answering specific questions that aren't so important. You know, like, is this relationship going to work out? It is or it isn't. (laughs) Every relationship fails until one doesn't. That's just the way it is. But yeah, they're more apt to answer those questions for people who, who are just getting started with this kind of thing, because it, it helps them to realize this is real. Right. But as you grow with your spirit guides, they're like, bitch, please, you know, you don't, what are you doing here? You, you know what you're here to do. So do it. Yeah. This is how I feel their attitude towards me is right now. It's like, you know what you're here to do. We've given you all this information. You need to do it. You need to finish your book and you need to do your podcast and you need to make sure you do an episode every week. Right. Um, because those are the modalities through which I feel like I'm, I'm helping people. This is talking right. about this stuff and writing about it. Um, and, and I definitely feel like they, they're more present in my life, but they're holding my hand less. 
Yeah, I, I understand that for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question for you that's not from me. It's from a good friend. Uh, remember on Instagram, I, I asked people to give questions for you. So she has a friend that during a Reiki experience, experienced extreme pain. And then the healer, the Reiki healer actually told them, refused to tell them what was causing it and said, you need to cleanse. You need, you, you know, gave them instructions on what to do, but was kind of scared at what was happening. So what could that have been? That's really interesting. Well, I mean, in my, in my practice, like the only time I would like not be telling you what's going on is if I receive that information from your, your spirit team to like, you don't need to know it because you need to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but in terms of pain, sometimes we feel pain in, in a Reiki session uh, or, or just in life in general, because what's happening is like the, to rid yourself of that pain, you have to, it has to come to the surface. It has to come to the surface. You have to feel it and you have to acknowledge it. So, and, and you have to heal it. So if you're feeling that pain and it's coming to the surface to, to leave, um, and, and, and her practitioner had, had told her to, to, to cleanse or, or, or take care of herself in whatever way I, I would, I would think that that would be what was going on. Um, I personally have not had an experience like I, I, yeah, if, if you were to ask your practitioner, maybe why they didn't tell you, um, because that I, I, I think is different. Um, but I would think that the only reason I would hope at least that the only reason that they weren't telling you is because you were supposed to figure that out on your own. Um, and all that they were supposed to facilitate or house for you was that moment of bringing that to the surface so that it could leave. Um, and then, I mean, with Reiki, she, you, the, the practitioner would be just moving that energy so that it could come to the surface. Um, so hopefully that answers that question, but that, yeah, I'm sorry that that was painful for your friend. Well, it was the friend of a friend, so it's all right. I mean, we, we're all here to experience what we're here to experience. And so that leads me to my next question. Cause in my mind, I would go to immediately, this person must've had some kind of negative entity attached to them, you know, and for whatever reason, the practitioner didn't want to talk about it. Maybe it scared the practitioner. I don't know. I'm not scared of that kind of thing because I've, I've, I've been surrounded by paranormal activity my entire life. I'm pretty accustomed to it. I've had some pretty scary experiences, but in your experience, have you ever come across a negative entity while in the records or working with the client? I have not. Um, yeah, not that I can think of. There's definitely been, um, I mean, I've, I've come across entities where, or, or um, like spirits where, this is someone from like, they're, they're showing me, this is someone from maybe like a past life that has affected you. Um, but is also maybe in your life now. And like, so you can get a, you can get away from that energy. Um, I, I personally have never 
come across like an attachment. Um, but also, I, I don't know if that's something that necessarily I feel in my bones to be fully true. I mean, I know that, I know that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that fully resonates for me um, because I feel like if, I feel like there's so many different tools um, of protection. I mean, I don't know. Now that I'm saying it, I, I mean, I'm sure that it can attach, but yeah, to answer your question, no, I've not come across it. So I've been semi-possessed before uh, and I've witnessed possession happen. So I know that it's real, but I think that you have to be afraid to be in a state where it can happen to you. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, it's, it's that balance. And so if, if you're like anything, right, like the, the ultimate place for you to be is in that state of like neutral. So you're not in, in all the light, you're not in all the darkness because you need both of them to get where you're, you're going. Um, so, I mean, like anything, like if you have to, if, you, if you're, if you're hanging out in the light too much and you literally just think that everything is rainbows and butterflies and sunshine 24 seven, that's not, that's not healthy. But if you're in this, this dark place and there's an attachment or, um, like, I feel like, I guess an at the attachment is, is the word to use, but I'm viewing it differently it's like not necessarily an attachment, but like, it's almost like you kind of morph into that is how I feel. Oh um, so it's like, that is you needing to balance your energy or balance. I mean, energy is everything. So balancing everything in your life um, is, is kind of how I'm viewing that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that it depends on your standpoint. Um there are some practitioners of, of you know, various forms of spirituality and witchcraft who do see negative entities as being real negative entities that can attach themselves to you. My point of view is that everything comes from within you. Nothing's truly external. So even right. if it is like this negative thing, if it's a demon, it's still a part of you that you need to deal with. And it may be manifesting itself in really scary ways in your life because it needs to get your attention because you need to deal with it. And if you, the more you ignore it, the more it's going to like come at you and get scarier and scarier. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking now, even I have um, one of my friends has talked about, I've not talked directly to her um, about this topic, um, but I know that she's spoken before saying that she's had an experience like this where something has attached to her, but where she was, in her life when that happened was not a good place, right? Like that was a time where she considered herself an alcoholic. So especially something like that with, with alcohol, when you're always around that, that's so much easier for, for any type of poo poo energy to, 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 to be in your aura, be in your up in your grill mm -hmm. and affecting you. So yeah, whether, whether it's, um, an entity that's an attached or just truly your own energy that you've almost like poisoned, um, that, that it's just, uh, you needing to come back to find that balance. So, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's through Reiki or some type of shamanic practice or any other practice that's helping you remove that, I think that's totally cool. The same, the same way that we're, we were talking about medication, right? But that's just the one 
the one step. It's not like you go to a Reiki practitioner and, and they remove an entity and that's like it. Uh, I think that there's still some homework for you to be doing and practicing to keep yourself in a state where you're keeping yourself safe and uh, protected and, and, and not allowing that to maybe happen again. Yeah. Cause you have to, once you get rid of the entity, let's say, or you integrate the entity, however you want to phrase this for yourself, you have to be aware of the state of mind that allowed it into you in the first place and to then avoid that state of mind. And, you know, that's fear and it's, it's anxiety. These, these are what your demons are. You know, your, your own personal demons are your fears and your anxieties, and they will manifest themselves into your life in countless ways if you don't deal with them. Um, they're the, the subconscious portions of your own psyche that are really their own consciousnesses or units of consciousness or archetypes of conscious, you know, so many different ways to phrase this. But yeah, it, it's about balancing yourself and getting to the point where they can't attack you anymore because you've, you've dealt with it. You've integrated it. You've looked it in the eye and said, I see you, you know, we're not doing this anymore. And, and, you know, alcoholism or, or, you know, beyond medication, you have to look at those things in the eye. If you want to get better from them and say, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Right. For sure. As you were saying all of that, I just had complete deja vu. So we must be on track. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So what, what is deja vu? What do you think? Um, I feel like it is, um, yeah, like kind of like a contract. So it's like, if, if I had a contract to have, like, to, to hear you say that exact sentence, then it's already like, it, it's not already necessarily happened as in, in the idea of like a past life or something, but it's happened because time doesn't exist. So it, it's, we've planted it in our, our, our garden of our conversation so it exists um and now we've just met it so um yeah it's like just crossing coming to that crossroad almost what does how does it feel to you i think you're i mean this is one of those things i like to just kind of let my mind wander i don't have a specific idea of exactly what it is it could be i've thought maybe deja vu is a moment when your life and a parallel life have the same moment at the same time Mm. I've thought it could be like you were saying um, a moment when you're exactly where you need to be exactly according to your plan. Like this moment was almost, you know, predestined and you lived it and, and it resonated so strongly that it felt like this has happened before because it's a part of your plan. Right. Right. So it's, it's one of those things I, but I experienced deja vu pretty frequently and it always is. It's fun. It's not scary. It's fun to experience deja vu and to speculate totally. about what it could be. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exciting. Yes, it's exciting. I mean, all of this stuff is exciting because you start to realize that the world is shaped by psychic forces and that everybody throughout history knew this except us. <laughs> We're the one point in human history where we weren't fully aware of this and fully on board, right? And we're getting back to it. Like we're coming out of this disharmonic phase of existence that we've been in for the last however you know maybe thousand years or so um you know as as the procession of the equinox comes back to its point of light and we're out of the darkness 
then we're going to get back to a world of spiritual understandings. And that's, you know, when you hear people talk about the great awakening or the shift or the, this, you know, there's so many different names for it. There's uh, so many different names. Yeah. yeah. So many, but they're, but we're all talking about the same thing. And it's just a, this awakening of consciousness and this remembering that the underlying reality is non-physical and that it's something that is very important and something we all have access to. And it's just remembering that we have that sixth, sixth sense to the non-physical plane and to engage in that relationship with it with, through whatever language you, you want. Right. Like I think that the whole battle of religions is so silly. It is so incredibly silly because they're all just different languages to access this thing. And it's going to depend on your culture and how you raised and, and your past lives and what just resonates with you personally. It's yeah, not to say that one's right and one's wrong. They, yeah, when you truly are breaking the mold down, they really, in my experience and my learnings, um, like they're teaching the exact same thing, mm -hmm. just with different names and different words, right? So, yeah, choose what one works for you or yeah. don't. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, well, thank you so much, Amber. Um, this has been awesome. I really enjoyed talking to you and look forward to doing it again. Thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed this and it was nice to rip this bandage off with you and uh, experience this deja vu and be where we need to be and finally connect with you because uh, for so long we've, we've connected over Instagram and I always, I always used to giggle because uh, I'd never, I'd never seen your face. So it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. What a, what a lovely experience just to finally see your face. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm trying to come out of my shell a little bit. Uh, I may, I may actually post some photos of myself on my Instagram in the coming months. I don't know. I'm a very private person. It's my Scorpio rising, but I, I realize that if I'm going to be here to help people, I need to put myself out there. And get yeah, at least one picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a trip, and I I think I've been following you uh, since the very beginning of my Instagram page. And yes, yeah, it's really great so. to uh, to finally connect. Yeah, it it is so nice, and it's it's such an honor watching you grow, and and just having you as my my internet friend. So thank you. Yeah, thank you too.